Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for October 1st, 2020. American politician, philanthropist, and former farmer who served as the 39th President of the United States, Jimmy Carter, was born on this day in 1924. These days, some folks roll their eyes at Carter for his lefty views and foreign policy during his presidency. So, after watching Tuesday night's presidential debate, I'm compelled to do a little bit of comparing and contrasting. Carter was born in Plains, Georgia, a town of 600 people. His father ran a general store and did well as an investor of American farmland. Carter's father served as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army during the First World War. Trump was born in Queens, New York. His father was a real estate slumlord who was investigated by the FHA in 1954 and 1966 for profiteering from government contracts. In 1974, the DOJ filed a civil rights suit against Fred and Donald Trump for infringing the Fair Housing Act over discriminatory practices. Trump settled out of court. Carter graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 1946 with a Bachelor of Science degree and joined the United States Navy, where he served on submarines. Trump was at Fordham University for two years, then transferred to Wharton, where he still claims to have graduated at the top of his class, despite there being no record of ever having made even the honor roll. He was such a lousy student, in fact, that in 2015, Trump's now disbarred convict lawyer Michael Cohen threatened Fordham University and Trump's boyhood school, the New York Military Academy, with legal action if they release Trump's academic records. Trump is, of course, a well-known four-time draft dodger as well. After the death of his father in 1953, Carter left his naval career and returned home to Georgia to take up the reins of his family's peanut growing business. Carter inherited comparatively little due to his father's forgiveness of debts and the division of the estate among the other children. Nevertheless, his ambition to expand and grow the Carter's peanut business was fulfilled. Trump, on the other hand, inherited at least $413 million from his father, using fraudulent tax dodging schemes as outlined in a New York Times 2018 investigation and confirmed again by the New York Times earlier this week. Trump's businesses have gone bankrupt six times, costing honest, hard-working Americans untold millions in lost wages and debt forgiveness, and was quoted in 2011 saying, I do play with the bankruptcy laws. They're very good for me. After his father's death, Carter was motivated to oppose the political climate of racial segregation by personally and legislatively supporting the growing civil rights movement. In 1991, Trump was quoted as saying, I've got black accountants at Trump Castle and at Trump Plaza. Black guys counting my money. I hate it. The only kind of people I want counting my money are short guys wearing yarmulkes. Those are the only kind of people I want counting my money. Nobody else. Besides that, 
I tell you something else. I think that guy's lazy, and it's probably not his fault because laziness is a trait in blacks. That same year, when Trump was asked about KKK Grand Dragon David Duke receiving a majority of white votes in the Louisiana gubernatorial election, which he lost, by the way, Trump said, I hate seeing what it represents, but I guess it just shows there's a lot of hostility in this country. People are angry about the jobs. David Duke went on to endorse Trump in 2016, and on February 28th of that same year, Trump was asked by CNN's Jake Tapper if he would unequivocally condemn Duke and reject votes from him and other white supremacists. Trump responded, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. Tapper asked him again if Trump would condemn white supremacists and reject their support. Trump refused and immediately said, I have to look at the group. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong. Tapper then specifically asked Trump about the Ku Klux Klan twice, with Trump replying, but you may have groups in there that are totally fine, and it would be very unfair. Lastly, and we all know this already, regarding the Proud Boys militia was asked during Tuesday night's debate by Chris Wallace, are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence? Trump responded, okay boys, Stand back and stand by. During Carter's terms president, two new cabinet-level departments, the Department of Energy and the Department of Education, were established. He established a national energy policy that included conservation, price control, and new technology. In foreign affairs, Carter pursued the Camp David Accords, the Panama Canal Treaties, the second round of the SALT talks, and the return of the Panama Canal Zone to Panama. Under Trump, the Department of Energy was run by Rick Perry, who once campaigned to abolish the $30 billion agency, which, by the way, oversees everything from our nuclear arsenal to our entire electric grid. After Perry's resignation, Trump appointed former lobbyist and Ford Motors executive Dan Bruyer to the DOE. Despite coming from different backgrounds, both Bruyer and Perry, along with all of Trump's appointments, have in common total disdain and a complete lack of knowledge of the departments they lead. The Department of Education is, of course, no exception. Led by Dominionist and superdonor Betsy DeVos, the Department of Education now focuses on teaching the Bible in public schools, despite our constitutionally protected separation of church and state, and placing guns in schools. Just two of the countlessly lampooned and harebrained ideas coming from yet another wildly unqualified Trump appointee. The end of Presidential Carter's tenure was marked by the 1979 Iran hostage crisis, the 1979 energy crisis, the Three Mile Island nuclear accident, and the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. In response to the Soviet Union, 
Carter escalated the Cold War when he ended the detente, imposed a grain embargo against the Soviets, enunciated the Carter Doctrine, and led a 1980 Summer Olympics boycott in Moscow. The hopeful end of the Trump presidency will be marked by the unsanctioned assassination of the highest-ranking Iranian military official in what has been described as meeting virtually any definition of an act of war. Trump was also quick to defend the strangulation and dismemberment of U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi, whose death was ordered by Mohammed bin Salman. On that topic, Trump had this to say. I saved his ass. I was able to get Congress to leave him alone. I was able to get them to stop. This statement falls in front of the backdrop of the U.S. and foreign intelligence services, unilaterally concluding that the Saudi crown prince had indeed ordered the killing. And about Soviet invasions. It has, of course, been confirmed that Putin directly interfered in our 2016 presidential election and is doing it again as we speak. To reiterate, a hostile foreign superpower is and has been encouraged by the President of the United States to destroy our democracy. Trump continues to crack down on Russia by lifting sanctions, despite Putin's ongoing efforts to undermine the integrity of our elections at almost every level. In 1982, Carter established the Carter Center to promote and expand human rights. He has traveled extensively to conduct peace negotiations, monitor elections, and advance disease prevention and eradication in developing nations. Carter is considered a key figure of Habitat for Humanity, spending countless hours building housing for underprivileged Americans with his bare hands. In contrast, the Donald J. Trump Foundation was shut down in 2019 by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, and was ordered to pay $2 million for misusing charitable funds for his own personal gain. Charities he defrauded include the Children's Aid Society, the United Way, City Meals on Wheels, the United Negro College Fund, and the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum. Regarding Trump's crimes, James said, Charities are not a means to an end, which is why these damages speak to the president's abuse of power and represent a victory for not-for-profits that follow the law. Funds have finally gone where they deserve, to eight credible charities. My office will continue to fight for accountability because no one is above the law. Not a businessman, not a candidate for office, and not even the President of the United States. Lastly, when it comes to the most American of all of our traditions, the idea of family, the two men have their differences. Jimmy Carter married Rosalind Smith in 1946 after meeting at the U.S. Naval Academy, where they were both students. They have three sons, one daughter, and many grand and great-grandchildren. They have been married for 74 years. Donald Trump married his first wife, Ivana, in 1977 and divorced in 1992 after he took Marla Maples as a mistress, whom he would wed a year later, despite being quoted as saying to People magazine that he'd never marry Maples and that he had three other girlfriends at the time. Unsurprisingly, his marriage to former mistress Marla Maples 
ended in 1999. Trump met his next wife, Melania, at a Manhattan nightclub in 1998. Donald, who was at the club with a date, despite being still married to Maples, approached Melania. The pair married in 2005, coincidentally the same year he described on video his attempt to seduce a married woman and indicating he might start kissing a woman that he and TV host Billy Bush were about to meet. In the video, Trump tells Bush about a failed attempt to seduce Nancy O'Dell, who was Bush's co-host at the time. I moved on her and I failed. I'll admit it, I did try and fuck her. She was married and I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. I took her out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch, but I couldn't get there, and she was married. Then all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. Later, referring to Ariane Zucker, whom they were waiting to meet, Trump says, I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. Despite this and his illicit hush money payments of $130,000 to Mistress Stormy Daniels, his affair with model Karen McDougal, and the 26 women who have accused Trump of sexual misconduct, Melania somehow endures. Of course, in the 15 years they've been married, his fortune has dwindled to a fraction of what he inherited from daddy. So we'll see how much longer she'll be willing to stick around. Who knows? Maybe she just really, really likes his hair. Of course, I could go on, but I'm tired. It's a birthday party, after all. A very happy 96th birthday to you, Mr. President. Thank you for your sublime decency, your unflagging humanity, and your continued service to us all. I hope your day is just grand. Consider sending a gift to President Carter in the form of a donation to Habitat for Humanity or any of your favorite charities. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.